0: Pastor Xavier Reese, on what happens when we forget who's in control.
1: Abraham lied to Abimelech. Once again, Abraham falls prey to his flesh. Fear had motivated Abraham to lie. Fear had motivated both Abimelech and his officials to obey. What a difference. The fear of Abraham was not based on the fear of God. When your fear is based on the fear of God, then you obey.
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. What do half-truths, little deceptions, and slight exaggerations have in common? Besides the obvious, I mean. Well, according to Pastor Xavier, they're all an affront to God. Today, as he continues his journey in the book of Genesis, he reminds us of the consequences that accompany a life lived by deception
1: rather than one lived by trusting in God. Genesis chapter 20, we're going to look at the entire chapter, verse 1 through 18, and the message is entitled, Oops, I Did It Again. <laughs> have you ever heard a person say, I will never do that again, only to see them fall on the very same sin again? Better yet, have you said, I will never do that again, and you keep repeating the same old sin over And over and over again. All of us experience this at one time or another, to some extent or another. If we don't reckon the old man, the sin nature dead. It's ever present. There is no cruise control in Christianity. It's a standard transmission. You have to shift. (laughs) But hopefully we learn from our weaknesses as much as from our strengths. Not to trust in our own abilities when it comes to sin. The flesh will not do. We must depend on the power of God completely. The account of Abraham and Gerar here reveals his repeated failure of faith to trust God and unfolds for us in three movements. Let me read our text for us. And Abraham journeyed from there uh, to the south and dwelt between Kadesh and Shur and stayed in Gerar, now Abraham said to Sarah, his wife, she is my sister And Abimelech, king of Gerar. Sent and took Sarah, but God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Indeed, you're a dead man because of the woman whom you have taken, for she is a man's wife. But Abimelech had not come near her, and he said, Lord, will you slay a righteous nation also? Did he not say to me, She is my sister? Even she herself said, He is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and innocence of my hand, I have done this. And God said to him in a dream, Yes, I know that you did it in the integrity of your heart, for I also withheld you from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. Now, therefore, restore the man's wife, for he is a prophet, and he will pray for you, and you shall live. But if you do not restore her now, or know that you shall surely die, you and all who are yours. So Abimelech rose early in the morning, called all his servants, and told them all these things. In their hearing, and the men were very much afraid. And Abimelech called Abraham and said to him, What have you done to us? How have I offended you that you have brought on me and on my kingdom a great sin? You have done deeds to me that ought not to be done. Then Abimelech said to Abraham, What did you have in mind or in view that you have done this thing? And Abraham said, Because I thought, Surely the fear of God is not in this place, and they will kill me on account of my wife. But indeed, she is truly my sister. She is the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother. And she became my wife. And it came to pass when God caused me to wander from my father's house, that I said to her, This is your kindness that you should do for me. In every place, wherever we go, say of me, He is my brother. And then Abimelech took sheep, oxen, And male and female servants, and gave them to Abraham. And he restored Sarai, his wife, to him. And Abimelech said, See, my land is before you. Dwell where it pleases you. Then the Sarai said, Behold, I have given your brother a thousand pieces of silver. Indeed, this vindicates you before all who are with you and before everybody. Thus she was rebuked. So Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech, his wife, his female servants, then they bore children. So the Lord had closed up all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. The account of Abraham, Abraham here at Gerar reveals his failure of faith to trust God once again. Three simple movements unfolded for us. In verse 1 through 7, you have the repeated lapse of faith by Abraham. Verse 8 through 16, the reproof of Abraham by Abimelech. In 17 and 18, the regarded intercession of Abraham for Abimelech. The repeated lapse of faith by Abraham. Notice verse 1 and 2. The taking of Sarah by Abimelech is given to us here. Abraham moved from his home to the south and he went to Gerar. Abraham journeyed, uh, dwelling between Kadesh and sure, is the southern end of Judah, there, where the Dead Sea south of it, and then sure, being to the east, down towards the border of Egypt, between that region there. And um, he was dwelling at Manri in Hebron, remember, last time in chapter 18, verse 1 and 33. So he's going southward. We're not told why he left, perhaps grazing, uh, perhaps just walking through the land as God had promised him land. We're just not given the reason. It's a Negev down there, the desert, towards Egypt. Now, Abraham noticed stayed at Gerar, it tells us, and it was about 16 miles northwest of Beersheba, about five to six miles from Gaza. And um, the last time he entered Egypt, if you recall, in chapter 12, it was due to a severe famine of the land. And chapter 12 and chapter 20 go side by side. There's a lot of parallels, a lot of similarities, but don't confuse them as being the same account, as some commentators say. There are two different accounts. One is Pharaoh of Egypt. This one is Abimelech, the king of the Philistines. And the accounts, the response, and the situation are totally different, though there are many similarities. So be careful of thinking it's the same old story under a different twist. There are two different accounts. In fact, there's many years apart from that, as we'll see. Now remember, this is after the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham had been the intercessor for the righteous and Lot. The father of faith, and now he comes here, and he fails. Verse 2, Abraham lied to Abimelech. Uh, now Abraham said, Sarah, his wife was, she is my sister. Once again, Abraham falls prey to his flesh. 25 years after his first failure to trust God to protect him there in chapter 12. 25 years in 25 years, there should be some maturity in certain areas. He feared for his life, Genesis 12:12 says there in Egypt. Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarai into his harem. Abimelech means my father is king. It's the title of the Philistine king, much like Pharaoh is a title of the Egyptian king or ruler. The taking of women into the king's harem was customary, as you know. Nothing different. Um, It is a mark of man's sensual and selfishness, never considering women or anything else. And that's the mark of the flesh. Some things never change. There is nothing that has liberated women more than Christianity. Nothing. No philosophy. No culture. Nothing. Notice the reason Sarah was taken is not stated. Whether for marriage in the case of Egypt, is there he intended to marry her, or mere marriage for political alliances, as Solomon did and many others, we're not told. Uh, and there's no real specific reference to her beauty here, though it certainly is implied as we move along, but it's not a, a direct statement of it, as in uh, Genesis twelve, fourteen, and 15. Now, notice the warning by God comes to Abimelech in verse 3 through 7. In verse 3, the intervention of God brought a stern warning of accountability to Abimelech. Accountability, a dirty word in our society. Accountability, basic, foundational, a pillar for what is going to be good. The word but marks the sharp contrast between the pleasure of Abimelech to take this woman, Sarah, and the displeasure of God for taking the woman. There are many things that men in power do here For their own pleasure, but it displeases God. The word is God, Elohim, the creator, came to Abimelech in a dream by night. It's the creator who makes him accountable. He doesn't appear to him as a covenant God, but the creator God. A dream, as you know, is when a person is sleeping. And certainly Joseph and uh, Pharaoh and uh, Nebuchadnezzar and many others, God spoke through dreams A vision is just the opposite while one is awake and goes into a trance or sees something, okay? So the distinction is asleep and awake. The message of God to Abimelech was pretty straightforward. Listen, indeed, you're a dead man. How would you like that? Now, you ever wake up from a dream at night, and it was so real, your heart's pounding, you're sweating and everything else, you wake up, oh, thank God, it wasn't real. But can you imagine having a dream Thinking it's real and waking up and knowing it's real? Literally, dying or about to die. Wow. The simple reason was declared because of the woman whom you have taken for she is a man's wife. Literally, his possession. Ladies, listen to me very carefully. You are your husband's possession. Now, if you have humanistic ears that offends you, nobody owns me because the understanding of possession and the humanistic world that we live in is negative but the ownership of you by your husband is for protection for care for affection Hmm. what a difference is your mind the mind of christ or is your mind still in the world Verse 4 and 5, the immediate defense of Abimelech was declared to God. I mean, he's freaking out. The commentary for the sake of the promised seed Isaac, who was to be born directly by the hand of God through Abraham and Sarah, comes first. This was important. Listen to the words. But Abimelech had not come near her. This is very important. If there was any suspicion that perhaps Sarah had had sexual relationships, the whole promise of the seed of Abraham would have been destroyed. The next thing Abimelech claims was that his nation was God-fearing. And he said, Lord, Adonai, will you slay a righteous nation also? Wow. Wow. Now, we know that all of mankind began with the knowledge of God, and they suppressed the truth, and they distorted the truth, as Romans 1 says, beginning with creation to the destruction of Noah, and then even from there, the new uh, generation with Noah's sons, to the Tower of Babel, and they dispersed all over. Some distorted faster than others, but they all had the knowledge of God. They suppressed it, okay? Apparently here, we have a witness of this man that they feared God. God doesn't seem to contest Abimelech's claim here. Remember the young man? He told Jesus, good master, what must I do to gain eternal life? Keep all the commandments I have for my youth. Jesus didn't say liar. He kept them hourly, but then God, Lord put his finger on the heart of the matter. His riches. Notice in verse five, the individual words of Abraham and Sarah were quoted by Abimelech. Smart man. He witnessed against Abraham first. Did he not say to me, she is my sister. And then he witnesses against Sarah. And she herself said, He's my brother. And then he witnesses for himself. Listen, in the integrity of my heart and innocence of my hand, I have done this. The word integrity means completeness of heart, no guile. And God didn't say liar. Now, the indicated words of God came to Abimelech again by a dream in verse 6. Listen. The commendation first came. It was this. And God said to him in a dream, Yes, I know you did this in the integrity of your heart. He had acted according to the information received. He had not twisted anything. So he commends him on that point. But then comes the condemnation. Listen. For I also withheld you from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. He was no monk or saint. And God stopped him from having a sexual relationship with Sarah. God help me if I trust my own judgment. I look at myself, oh, I don't see anything wrong. Well, let's ask God. (laughs) He'll find something. The lustful deed would have been sin against God first, then against Sarah. And that's always the way it is. Uh, David said in Psalm 54:4 as he committed adultery with Bathsheba, he says, Lord, against you and only you have I sinned. Whoa! The sin of adultery. When God puts a man and a woman, basically a sin against God, sinning against his institution, then against the man or the woman, with the woman or with the man. That does not mean you don't make amends to the man or the woman. The Bible is just directly saying that, first of all, sin's against God. Okay? Very, very important. Now, the inescapable instructions of God, the Abimelech, had severe consequences. They come in verse 7. The command was simple. Now, therefore, restore the man's wife the reason was fearful and favorable listen for he is a prophet fearful and he will pray for you and you shall live favorable (laughs) as a prophet he was the mouthpiece of god that's the primary function of a prophet in the old testament secondly to predict future things but that was secondly the primary is the mouthpiece of god this is the first time we see this phrase a prophet and he would pray for you. And you'd be healed. We don't find it again in Genesis, okay? Now, we know that Enoch was a prophet by Jude's commentary in the New Testament, but not out of Genesis. This is the first time it appears here. Now, as a prophet, he would intercede in prayer and the blessing of God would come to him even as he interceded for Lot. And the blessing of God came. Prayer begins with God, lays it on our heart. We lift it to God, and God ends up doing what He wanted to do in the beginning. Two ears, one mouth. The ratio speaks for itself. The warning was clear Listen, but if you do not restore her, know that you shall surely die, you and all who are yours. This was a very strong motivation for obedience. This warning, I'm sure, eliminated any thought of Abimelech from retaliating against Abraham, a prophet of God, his God has visited me. I don't want to touch this. I know of a minister who lost his entire ministry because he fell with a woman. And the thing was that um, this was his weakness, women. And it was known by his peers, but he... In spite of being warned and admonished through the years, he didn't pay heed to reckoning the flesh debt, And he threw it all away, destroyed in his older years. Men, study the Bible. All the kings of Israel fell in their old age. You're comfortable. You have power. You're less to depend on things and people. And certainly God, if you're not careful. Are you a person who, even though you call yourself a Christian, do you still lie constantly? This is this particular sin of Abraham here. This can be by half truths like Abraham. Uh, this can be by exaggerating the truth. This can be by promising things and not doing them and knowing that you're not going to do them, but say, Oh, yeah, I'll be there at 9 o'clock. You can twist the truth to make you look better. That's lying. There are so many ways to lie. For some people, it's a lifestyle. Proverbs 12, 22 says, Lying lives are an abomination to the Lord Yahweh, but those who deal truthfully are his delight. Lies only complicate the clearing of the truth and bring about greater consequences on others. As Christians, there should never be a time when I lie to my wife or she to me. Ever. At all. Let me say it again never. <laughs> I have nothing to hide. Ephesians 4.25 says, Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. We affect one another. There are people who live under this type of lifestyle. Certainly in the world, those who are not born again, uh, they live like that. People are supposed to be trustworthy as professionals and business people, but they lie. That's one of the most frustrating things of dealing with the world in business. Um, They promise um, dates knowing they can't meet them because they want to get your business. They simply tell you what they know you want to hear to appease you and to just move on with the conversation. This is the lifestyle of the world, especially in our day more than ever before. The trust and confidence in a person's word and a handshake is a thing of the past, though there are still some exceptions. Prenuptials are the norm for today, especially if you have a lot of money. What does that say? That says this, honey, I love you, but I know you love yourself more. And there's a potential you're going to be a rat to me, so I want it down in writing. That's a heck of a way to enter marriage. It's over before it begins. Revelation 21 says, but the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, listen, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire, and brimstone, which is the second death. Liars is one of the category. What is the sin that you keep falling into after 5, 10, 15, 20, or like Abraham, 25 years? We need to reckon our flesh dead. We need to come to grips with God's grace. God will hold every man and woman accountable for their position, the exercise of their power and the refusal to die to self. Listen to Numbers 23 10. Many people are like Balaam. These are the words of Balaam, as you know. Uh, he said, Let me die the death of the righteous and let my end be like his. He lived like a rat, he wanted to die like a saint. Sadly, that's too much the case today in the church. Remember Balaam, he did not die the way he, he prayed died like he lived the repeated lapse of faith by Abraham was inexcusable notice he moves to the reproof of Abraham by Abimelech 8 to 16 and verse 8 the meeting of Abimelech with the leading officials is given to us Abimelech moved immediately to obey which is a wise he rose early in the morning that must have been one of the longest nights of his life if not the longest you ever been in one of those Man, morning can't come soon enough. Abimelech summoned his servants, those who served him in leadership capacity, those who would carry out his orders. And Abimelech discloses all the matter. He told them uh, all these things in their hearing. He made them fully aware of the deception of Abraham and Sarah and what God had said. And Abimelech's men, it says, were frightened And the men were very much afraid, greatly afraid. Fear had motivated Abraham to lie. Fear had motivated both Abimelech and his officials to obey. What a difference. You know what it is? The fear of Abraham was not based on the fear of God. When your fear is based on the fear of God, then you obey. Then your faith is based on the revelation of God. And so faith brings fear of God. Which brings obedience. Verse 9 and 10. The confronting of Abraham by Abimelech is given to us. In verse 9, the king makes Abraham accountable. There's that dirty word again. God makes him accountable. Now he makes Abraham accountable. That's great. No one's the exception. Abimelech rebuked Abraham for the immense consequence of his sin. His words remind us of those spoken by God to Eve. He called Abraham and said to him, What have you done to us? The word us implies the entire population. Here you have a ruler who's concerned about his people. Pharaoh was not. Listen to Pharaoh in 1218. Pharaoh called Abraham and said, What is this that you have done to me? What a contrast between the two. Abimelech allowed Abraham to voice any accusations. If he had any. Verse 9. How have I offended you? Abraham had no excuse, no words. Abraham without doubt was embarrassed and humbled here. And so Abimelech charged Abraham with sin and guilt of adultery. The sin was severe. Listen, that you have brought on me and on my kingdom a great sin. In like manner, Adam affected all the human race. We think, oh, I just, I got it wired. No one will know. And you destroy a whole family. You destroy an entire career. You destroy your children. Hmm.
0: Pastor Xavier Reese and the long-range impact of sin that has not been dealt with. And you can pick up a copy of today's important message appropriately titled, Oops, I Did It Again. It's available on CD for just $4. Now be sure and pass this on to someone in your church or Bible study when you're finished listening. The title to ask for once again is, Oops, I Did It Again. Or simply mention today's date when you write, Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And please be sure to tell us the call letters of this station when you contact us. What happens when we substitute our plans for God's? Find out when you join Pastor Xavier Reese. That's right here on the next edition of Simple Truths.